Welcome to The Inner Room, a study where we review highlights on daily scriptures and focus on the instructions and examples they provide to learn mastery of our emotions, to guide us in our spiritual journey, to learn to pray, worship, and listen to God's will for our lives. The first reading for today is from the book of Revelation in chapter 3, and we hear about two churches, two of the seven. One is Sardis, and the other one is Laodicea. And yesterday we heard from about the church of Ephesus, so I thought today we could just do a summary of the seven churches that are mentioned and understand a little bit about it, because in the book of Revelation, the symbols are important. It provides a description of each of the churches, and we are going to see that in, e in each one of them, there's going to be an admonition, let he or she who has ears hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. And sometimes this is said before the admonition, sometimes afterwards, but in all of the cases, the churches are promised a reward if they go through the tribulations and succeed and come out victorious. Yesterday we heard about Ephesus, Revelation 2, 1, 7. And they labored hard, they didn't faint, they separated themselves from the wicked, but we talked about it in the episode yesterday. They were forsaken because they didn't love as they did with their first love. Then verses 8 through 11 is Smyrna, and they're admired because verses on, on poverty and how they go through tribulation, and they are known to suffer persecution, so that is mentioned for them. Then we've got Pergamum, who has something terrible, maybe the most terrible for me, located where Satan's seat is. And they are going to be admonished because they are going to welcome false, false teachers. Then we've got Theatera. It's well known for charity and does great works in that regard, but it's going to have a false prophetess. The one for today is Sardis, admonished uh, for being dead. Apparently, in its earthly reputation is done well, but not in sort of the core heart. And they're asked to come back to God. The only one of the seven churches that does pretty well is Philadelphia. And it is verses 7 through 13, chapter 3. And they are known for having kept the faith, having kept God's word, and they have endured the tribulations. And then the last one is the one mentioned today, Laodicea. And they are lukewarm and insipid. And we know Jesus says this in one of the Gospels, that he will spit those that are lukewarm. These are the seven churches. The first four are in chapter 2. The last three are in chapter three. And since it mentions two of the last three, I thought I would go through all of them for my own edification because it's good to remember. And then for us, since this week we're coming into the last weeks of the church's year, the 33 weeks, sometimes 34. And I think in a couple of episodes ago, I said 36. I, 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 I was wrong. <laughs> Chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation then have these very direct messages 
And they're directed to seven angels of the seven churches. And there are very different ideas about what these angels are. According to different writers, there's different interpretations. But sometimes they are thought to be the guardian angels. Uh, but the word angelos in Greek also means messenger, which could be also somebody, a natural person. Sometimes they are thought to be the bishops of these churches, the ones that took care of the church. And sometimes we also understand that these might refer to the actual spiritual condition of the church. But Jesus has messages that were very direct for each one of the churches. We know that when Jesus speaks in his parables throughout the gospel, he has both very direct messages and hidden messages. And John is writing at a time of persecution after Nero, and and um, he is writing secret messages to the churches of the time. But he sees a vision of the Son of Man, and he's walking amongst seven lampstands. They're mentioned today in the reading, and there are seven stars in his right hand. And the seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So there's all these numbers of seven, which we know as in creation, the, seven, the number seven has to do with completion. And we know that these churches, when you see them in a map, they're sort of in a circle, which is also a, an idea about completion. If we look in the Jewish tradition, we see that According to their tradition, every nation has a guardian angel and that in their readings, if God punishes a nation, he first punishes the angel. So we have all of these ideas that can be interpreted. In one of the interpretations, these seven spirits are thought to be the spirits that Isaiah talks about when we read in Isaiah 11 that the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him and then describes spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, of counsel, of might, of knowledge, fear of the Lord. So these, including the spirit of the Lord, would be seven. So there are many ways to understand this, but we, we can dive deeper in the next few days to make sense of what it says. What we know is that in this time of our own tribulation, we ask God for his wisdom for his counsel, for his might to show up in our midst so that we can rest in him as we endure some of the difficult things that we are going through. Let us dive a little deeper. In the book of Revelation chapter 3, I mentioned that these two churches are are talked about the church the church of sardis who has a reputation of being alive but is dead and it has to be watchful and strengthen itself and reminded that we will be looked at for our dresses to be sparkling beautifully clean and our names to be inscribed in the book of life because we've acknowledged god in the in our walk on earth and then the church of laodicea is is asked to Stop being lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, because it'll be spit from the mouth. It's accused of wretchedness and poorness and blindness and nakedness. And then there's a curious remark. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich and white garments to put on so that 
Your shameful nakedness may not be exposed, and ointment to smear in eyes that you may see. And I'm reminded of the parable yesterday of the talents because we learned that God is giving us his love as this weighty treasure that we can't carry around, but it's entrusted to us, given to us. And here it says, you can buy from me gold refined by fire. We know that our love has to be refined so that we may be rich in the goodness and the fullness of God. And then there's two more things, the white garments and the ointment so that we may see. And in the reading yesterday, we also heard about the blind man that was asking Jesus to please have pity on me and give me sight. We understand then that the connection of this idea of the end of times is that we are asking God to open our eyes, to help us with his grace, to repent from our sins and our kind of thwarted ways of walking through life, and that we may be refined so that our ways of loving may be better. And then the most important part that I've seen in, in books, I remember reading a book to my kids that had this passage, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will enter his house and dine with them and they with me. This is very, big, very beautiful that, that God knocks at our door. He wants an invitation to come in. He doesn't force himself into our hearts or our lives. But if we hear the voice and open the door, he comes. The King of Kings, the Lord of Hosts, comes and dines with us. And Jesus is going to do this in the gospel today, inviting Zacchaeus, who was the chief of the tax collectors, to come down so that he can come in and have a meal with him. And this will be the same at the end of times. We will show in what ways when God knocked, we opened, and he knocks through those around us that are asking for help, that are in need. When we see them, when we hear them, then God will also do the same for us. Let us dive into the song for today. See how we learn how to pray better. The psalm for today is 15, and the refrain comes from the book of Revelation 3. I will sit the victor beside me on my throne. If through our tribulations of life, if through all the things that we have to see and do, all the things we suffer, all the things we lose, all the people we lose, we know how to remain aligned with our best selves aligned with who God made us to be and aligned with God's divine perspective, we will be seated as victors. And God is telling us the specifics. Walk blamelessly, that is, with the precepts of the Lord in our hearts. Do justice. Think truthfully. Use your tongue wisely. Do not harm others. Do not reproach others. Do not things that are despised or to despise others. Fear the Lord, lend fairly, don't accept bribes, do these things and do not be disturbed. It is so easy in these moments to be dis disturbed, but we can lift up our eyes and align ourselves and our hearts with God who is walking with us. And we can make that petition, Father, let your peace that is beyond all understanding, be mine. Do not let me dis be disturbed. You are the Prince of Peace, and I ask you, my Jesus, to 
Give me your victory. Remind me that I'm victorious in you who can do all things through your strength working in me. Let us take a look at the gospel. Jesus now has arrived in Jericho and he asks a man who is very loathed and hated by those around him, come down, I'm going to have some food with you. Can you imagine just the people around him bickering and gossiping and saying, OMG, Jesus is going to have food with a wicked man. Let's take a look at the Gospel reading. Jesus walked unlike anyone else, didn't he? He arrives in Jericho. He's about to pass through the town. He has that intention. But he is always aware. His heart is full. His eyes are open. And he sees a man, Zacchaeus, who is up on a tree because he's short. And he's gone up on a sycamore tree, curiously saying, I wonder who this is. And there's a crowd. Can you imagine such a crowd that you have to go up on a tree? I remember a few years ago, we went to Philadelphia because Pope Francis was coming to the United States. And the crowd was so gigantic. My kids did go up on trees trying to see the Pope as he was passing by. And I was reminded of this story. Now, yesterday, Jesus was passing by the blind man. And today, Jesus is passing by Zacchaeus. When he reached the, pray, the place where Zacchaeus is, Jesus looks up. And this can just in itself be a beautiful prayer. Jesus, look up. Look up where we are hiding or resting or leaning on trying to find you and lord see us you pass by and jesus immediately as he looks upon him says come down quickly i must stay at your house what climatic moment everyone around must have said out of everyone here he picks that one jesus has no good judgment to be picking someone like him but we know that he's already been accused of eating with prostitutes and those that were not considered worthy in that society so we hear people begin to grumble they're not happy but in that instant of being seen and being called down there is an immediate turn of heart and Zacchaeus says I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor and if I've taken anything from anyone, I'll give them four times what I took. And can you imagine Jesus' look on this man who repents immediately and so big that makes an act of confession right there in front of everyone else and receives him with joy in his home. Today, salvation has come to this house and this man is now saved he was lost let us pray that god may have messengers along the way that lead us to look at jesus so that we can see how jesus is looking down at us that we can have a turn of heart that we can be found waiting and ready not because of our actions which are not worthy but because jesus 
looks at us because Jesus invites us in our job is to open the door to let him in to let him work in us with us through us so that whatever we do say whatever we are can be made bigger better cleaner through the presence of our Lord and we ask this in the name of Jesus amen Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.